Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And this morning, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about sex. Okay, it's not exactly what you think, but joining me today are the authors of the new, and I can say this, best-selling business book, uh, Business Networking and Sex, It's Not What You Think. Hazel, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Hazel, why don't you introduce yourself, and then I'm going to let Frank introduce himself. Such a snowy Valentine's Day. I was expecting flowers and roses blooming in my front yard. Anyway, this is Hazel Walker. I'm here in Indianapolis enjoying the lovely snow, and uh, my co-author and I are looking forward to this conversation. We just finished the book, came out in January, called Business Networking and Sex, Not What You Think. And we are really excited about how well it's doing in the marketplace. And Frank, you you're probably somewhere cold too, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm up in New York. It's a little bit colder here than probably we want it to be, but it's been a fantastic winter, so I certainly can't complain. Uh, I'm obviously a co-author with Hazel on the book Business Networking and Sex, along with Dr. Ivan Meisner. Um, I have uh, been doing consulting and training for about 20-something years, and I'm really excited to talk about sex. Who knew we were going to talk about sex this morning on Valentine's Day? This is great. <laughs> I'm guessing you guys get to talk about sex a lot. Um, joining me in the studio is Allison Carter, our resident skeptic. I feel like I was under false pretenses. <laughs> Wait, but she's a skeptic about sex? Allison, we gotta talk, girl. <laughs> I think she firmly is okay with the concept of sex, but I think she tends to be more skeptical about the the differences and so I wanna talk a little bit about some of the things you're seeing in the research. Um and um, also, I, the thing I found most interesting as I read the book was not just the research, but your recommendations for business owners. So who wants to kick off maybe one of the most interesting things you learned in the study? Go, Frank. <laughs> well, you know, I think what was interesting is when we first when we first uh, got the results back from the book, I think we were expecting some incredibly dramatic differences between men and women in business, the way that we think, networking, that type of thing. And you know what's funny? We found out that men and women are very, very similar in the way that we think about networking and marketing our business and conducting ourselves at, at work. Um, what we did find, though, is the parts that we are different we're very different. So the good news is we, we are very much the same, a lot think the same way, do that type of thing, but the type of things that we are different in, we're so different, and it makes such a, a great gap between us. You know, kind of going, I think one of the sayings about the book right now has been kind of the, uh, the Venus and Mars in the workplace type of thing. You know, men and women are thinking differently in the way that they work, in the way that they develop relationships, in the way that they transact business. Um, I think the more that we got into that, I think that started to surprise us more and more. And Hazel, my off base on that? No, that's exactly right. The other surprising piece was um, when we asked people were they comfortable networking and networking with the opposite sex, hands down they said they were very comfortable with it, had no issues. What didn't match was the comments that they left behind, and they left over a thousand different comments behind. The comments and the survey did not match on that question. So we had to do a second question out to them that said, do you think other people are comfortable networking with the opposite sex? We got a dramatically different answer. They said, I'm really comfortable, but the rest of you are terrible. <laughs> so, so we have a great view of ourselves, but we don't think the rest of the world's so good. 
you know, and, and I think what, I think what was so funny about that answer is everybody's thinking that they're really good, but they're seeing other people not being comfortable. What you have to understand what that means is that you are one of those people that even though you think you are comfortable, other people think that you're not. So our our self evaluation saying, oh yeah, I'm comfortable networking with women. You know, as a man, I network with women. I do a great job. The reality is, you're not doing a great job, but you think you are, and you're stepping on people's toes and you're offending people without even knowing it. You know, I think that's that whole um, when you talk about your children or the children of your community. You know, they're all above average. There's a reason yeah. that there's an average point. <laughs> somebody has to be. Somebody has to be below. Um, well, let me just pause here just for a minute and encourage our listeners. If you guys have a question, we still have a few phone lines. You can call in at 805-285-9865. And um, if you are following the conversation on Twitter, remember to use the hashtag pound MTFW. Um, okay, I have a question because I, I read an article this morning that I thought was interesting about gift giving, and it was more um, in terms of uh, co-workers, or what they called um, work and workplace spouses. But even as you're networking, um, you know, they were talking about um, gifts being misconstrued. What are the things that people on both sides do when they're trying to conduct a business conversation that sends a signal to the other person that maybe it's not really business? <laughs> okay, well, let me talk from the man perspective, okay? From the men's perspective, um, what we need to start doing is making sure when I'm talking to a woman that I look into her eyes and keep my eyes on her eyes and not let them wander. You know, as I say a lot of times when with Hazel, Hazel wears really nice colors on her shirts, which really means I see cleavage sometimes when I'm talking to women. And here, I mean, here's where it really comes down to, okay? And I'm just going to not be politically correct. I'm going to put it out there, okay? Uh, men are distracted by boobs, and we have to understand that. The reality is, women, if you're going to show cleavage, men are going to look, and, and men, we have to try and understand that it's part of the human anatomy, and we can't be looking all the time. We have to be respecting and talking. So I think what's happening in the workplace a lot is men are getting caught looking because it's what we do, and we have to learn to kind of uh, dial back on that a little bit and making sure that we're keeping this a professional atmosphere. At the same time, we need to kind of say to the women, hey, if we're at a networking event, please make sure you're dressing professionally and don't at least give me the impression that you're ready to go out to a nightclub and get picked up. It doesn't work well for me. Awesome. But Jane, so, you want to do the she said? Well, just keep in mind, you could be standing there in a great big baggy gray sweatsuit, and he might still be thinking, I wonder what's under that sweatsuit. As he's trying no, to not might be thinking. Not might. I am thinking that. Just want to let you know that. Go ahead. But <laughs> uh, for, for women in the workplace and women in networking, one of the things we have to watch out for is flirting. Even if we're dressed appropriately, we can still be a distraction to men. Our flirting and some of the words and the way that we handle ourselves with guys lead them to believe that we might be interested in something more than just business. And flirting is natural for men and women. That's how we connect. That's how we bond together. So it's something we just have to pay attention to when we're in the business arena is uh, um, how we're managing that flirting and what we're doing with that. 
I was going to say something, an interesting statistic from psychology today is that when we talk about men and women, and especially um, men, and we talk about sex, and, you know, are they distracted? Are they thinking about sex? According to psychology today, men think about sex every seven seconds on average. Okay, so we have to kind of understand that um, it's part of our makeup of who we are. We have to learn to control it more, and I think we do a pretty good job with that. However, women have to understand that if they're going to dress or act a certain way, we're going to react to that. Right, and if women know that, so if we know that, then we just we change our behavior. The other thing is, I say to women, if you know men are distracted by boobs, just don't get all upset when you catch them looking. Don't throw a temper <laughs> tantrum in the middle of the networking event. <laughs> you know, I love um, I, I love Skype, but it does create an interesting um, time gap in the conversation. I think Frank, you had one more point. I'm going to let you make it on boobs, and then we're going to oh, move okay. on. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know what it's going to be? It was it was basically really coming down to, I'm talking about all this, and I'm trying to obviously joke about it, even though I'm somewhat serious, but it came down in the book to what we call the exception becomes the perception. It's called the uh, also known as the X principle, which means that ninety that two percent of the of any population will set the can set the reputation for the other ninety eight percent. So meaning, no, not all men when they're out are going to be ogling women and and flirting with them and doing whatever else. They they'll have it on their mind. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely, we have it on our mind, but we tend to control ourselves. However, that two percent that doesn't control themselves all of a sudden sets the reputation for the other ninety eight percent of us. So we have to be aware of that. If we see guys doing it, we need to really make sure that they stop it and we have to understand that that's being put over to us that now all women think we're doing the same thing and it goes the opposite way if women are doing certain things we as men are going to now generalize all women that they're doing that whatever that thing is as well so that's what we call the x principle or the 98 2 rule excellent point. I, uh, I know that that's a factor i um you know when hazel and i met i was president of rainmaker rainmakers or actually after we met and that was one of the big issues was a lot of our events were held in the evening. They, there was alcohol served, and we wrestled for a long time as an organization to find that balance point on how you keep an event fun but professional at the same time. And I think you're always walking that line. But I want to switch gears for a minute and talk about taking the business relationship sort of to that next level, assuming that you've had that first conversation and now you're sitting down one-on-one to talk about business. Hazel, why don't you start off with how do women typically say they approach that conversation and what is it in the conversation that throws them off um, when they're dealing with a man and then Frank pick up on the other side of it? Sure. I love this question. Women speak to men, women speak to one another in a relational manner. When we look at the visibility, credibility, profitability model, how a relationship is built, you go from visibility, credibility to profitability, One of the things we really learned and was kind of my hypothesis going into the book was that men tend to be more transactional while women tend to be more relational. And it it didn't prove out to be the case. When a woman sits down with a guy and she's having a one-to-one conversation, she's really looking to build the relationship, she is speaking to him in a, a relational matter, trying to find common ground and common connection. That's not the way he's approaching the conversation because he's looking for how can he find a way to be inspired, be um, impressed by her. Women don't speak in terms of their accomplishments. They speak in terms of 
of their relationships, where men like to speak in terms of their accomplishments and move forward to do business. So one of the things women have to do is step their game up a little bit, and they have to ask for what they want, be clear about what they want this relationship to be in business, and two, they need to be clear about some of the things they've accomplished that they're really proud of about the business, not about raising children. So I'm going to let out a secret that I know nobody knows. I'm just going to let you know now. Men are based on their egos. I know. Hard to believe, okay? Yeah. The reality is we as men, we have a big investment in our ego. And what that really means is if we go back in the history of time, what we know is men, you know, have this have this provider instinct, right? We've been the hunters. We've been the people going out and trying to bring home the food for our family. And today we still have a lot of that in us, you know, uh, in terms of who we are and what uh oh. Okay, I've still got Hazel. Did I, did I lose Frank? I think we dropped him. I'm still oh, here. Hello. Oh, there okay, he is. You're back. Oh. Okay. What happened? I so disappeared. You. you did for a minute. We lost you right about the moment you were telling us you'd already covered the fact that men have egos. Big surprise to me. Um, <laughs> but you brought up to talk about the fact that um, historically the male role was hunter and provider. Pick up there. Yeah, and, and so as a hunter, we're going out. We're we're looking to get. We have to get very focused, right? Because if we go out, and we we were going out hunting buffalo before. We have to get very focused on so we don't get killed. We're going to do that. Well, it's the same thing today. If I'm going out to a networking event, I'm going to be very focused on who should I spend my time with, who should I be doing business with, etc. So now what happens is that's fine. When man to man we go to relate to each other and have a conversation, we know that this is our this is our unwritten law, right? We never we just learned this as we as we kind of grew up. So when we talk. I want to find out about who you've done business along, how you've been long you've been in business, who are the people that you know, what contacts do you have? Because the more success that I see in you, the more potential success I can see in me by me relating to you, by me having a relationship with you. So I'm looking at um, judging our conversation by, hey, can this lead to a future transaction for me? Is this a worthwhile relationship for me to invest in? Is there ROI to me on this? Okay, when I'm speaking to a woman, and now if I want to build a relationship with her, and I use that same male ego, meaning I start to talk about the contacts I have, the business I've done, I'm bragging about myself, here's what we need to know, gentlemen. Women don't care. That doesn't impress them. It may impress your male friends, your male cohorts in terms of business, but for women, it doesn't impress them. That's not what they're interested in. They want to know about you as a person. They want to be able to relate to you. So if you want to build those relationships, if you want to make that sale, if you want to negotiate a better deal, you have to make sure that you're relating to women in the way that they want. And the same thing goes as what Hazel just said for women to men. If they want to relate more to men and be taken more, quote-unquote, serious, then we have to have a conversation with you, and it has to be more business and results-oriented. Don't just talk about family and things like that that are going on, because we're so focused on business, we tend to lose track. We think, oh, she's really nice, but she's not serious about business. So I think it's just the way that we relate differently, and we both have to learn to adapt those communication styles. Okay, let me throw out a question, because both, uh, and Allison is being rather polite, cause, so she won't ask it. I'll ask it for her. Both of us <laughs> tend to have what I call more male communication patterns. Um, uh, for Allison, I think it's just kind of how she's wired. For me, I spent most of my career in engineering technical male environments. So I'm yep. a lot more short. I'm more to the point. I'm less about feelings and emotions. Sometimes I run into issues 
when I'm either when I'm communicating with women because they're not look because it, I'm I'm sort of out of sync, and sometimes when I'm communicating with men because I don't expect a woman to communicate that way. Did you see anything in your research, or, you know, in, in the studies when people were talking about when they did adapt these alternative communication patterns? Um, if they got negative results instead of positive because it was out of sync with the expectation. You, you I, know, I know we've done a lot of work with behavior styles. And keep in mind, we did this survey on male-female. Well, we did not take into this as behavior styles. And different people have different behavior styles. I personally use a DISC profile. And a high D woman will often come off with that very get to the point, let's do this, especially if they're a high D, high C, very process-driven, they're going to communicate in that pattern. But if you are around a woman and you find her in her state of taking care of family and things, you'll find that she finds ways to relate. How many times, Lorraine, have we been on in conversations where we're really talking about things that have nothing to do with business, but we're relating to one another? Oh. Men go onto the golf course and they'll still talk business. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, just, Frank, go ahead and take that. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I think what Hazel's saying is very powerful there, is we have to understand there's definitely a difference in that. And I guess when we go to look at the survey, we didn't, I can tell you, Larry, we didn't have a direct question on this, but we did from, well, one, our personal experiences, but two, from the almost thousand stories that we got. Uh, here's what I would tell you: is if a woman is taking on these male communication characteristics, men, as a general as a general rule, don't have a problem with that. All what what men want is we want a woman to be a woman. We don't want her to be a man. However, we, we're not looking for a woman to come out and all of a sudden be you know uh, this this very strong manlike person. We're just looking for someone that we can communicate with and identify with in those, in those conversations. But do some men get intimidated by that, by a very strong woman who has kind of like, it seems in the executive male um, conversation characteristics? Absolutely they do. But again, I'm not going to tell you it's everybody. I think generally we just want to be able to communicate like we communicate. If a woman comes over and she's able to communicate like other men that I'm standing there with, I instantly forget that if she's a man or a woman, right? It's just we're all just equal sitting there doing whatever else, and we don't really care. We don't kind of judge, oh, am I talking to a man? Am I talking to a woman? It's a matter of do our communication styles relate. And as long as we're, we're um, doing that with each other, uh, and, I, and I think the same thing happens on the other side. I can't speak from that, but from the female perspective, perspective, I would assume if a man comes over, it's not a man conversation we're about to have, but if I can relate and converse with them, then all of a sudden I would assume they don't really care if I'm a man or a woman because we seem to be relating and doing well with each other. I think that's fair. We've got a question. We have a question from my very good friend, Randy Clark. Good morning, Randy. Randy would like to know how social media has, if it has, changed these traditional gender dynamics. Oh, listen, Lorraine, your, your, the post that we put up on my page that you did of the survey, mm -hmm. and clearly we're still seeing some of this. Women want to relate to each other. That's why they love Facebook. Yeah, the, the blog post Hazel is referring to, and you can find it on hazelwalker.com backslash blog, is entitled, um, Women are from Facebook, Men are from Twitter. And this was based on the early results we did of our, uh, that we're getting in on our social media survey. And um, there's, uh, as we look at the genders, there were two interesting trends. One, women were more likely to say that Facebook was their primary business uh, networking site where men were more likely to say Twitter 
The other thing that was interesting was women were more likely to gravitate towards LinkedIn. And I, as a thing that I was thinking about, and I'd love to get some perspective from you guys, was LinkedIn is a very structured, rule-based environment. And so I know the rules there. It's like going to a chamber of commerce networking event versus something like a Verge or a Rainmaker that's a little bit more loose. I know how to communicate within the parameters of LinkedIn, so it's very safe for a woman. Um, right. Facebook is comfortable because it's freewheeling, and men are okay with the very rapid-fire Twitter. I mean, does that seem to make sense with some of the things that you see in your research? goes right along with what we've, we've researched. Yeah, there's no question. I think I think what you're talking about is very consistent in everything that we're doing, and in fact, that's a I think that's a that's an emerging um, emerging market and information in terms of coming up through uh, social media is the real differences that are going on there between men and women, how we're using that, how we're communicating, how we're adapting our communication styles for that. Um, but I think you're right. You're right on cue, Alarian, with what you're talking about there. Awesome. Um, let me stop real quick and let you guys do a pitch for the book. If somebody wants to learn more about the topic um, and they want to get a copy, where do they go to find the book? There's a website called businessnetworkingandsex.com. They can read, uh, they can watch videos, they can read posts from myself, posts from Ivan, uh, videos and posts from Frank. They can also get it on Amazon. As you know, it's hit number one in nine different business categories on Amazon, and it's in last yesterday it was in the top 1,700, which is huge for a book where there's two million books. That is that is terrific. It's very clear that you've hit a hit a chord. Um, as and and I think that's awesome. And and I would definitely recommend that if you've not picked up a copy of the book, you should both because I think the statistics are interesting. But I love the back and forth. He said he said she said between uh, between you guys and Ivan is sort of the uh, the strict statistician in the middle. He's a, he's our straight man. <laughs> <laughs> What was the strangest thing as you were writing the book, looking back over the process, what was the funniest thing that happened or the most interesting thing or the piece of research that really sparked the most conversation between the three of you? Well, there were a few arguments. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think what kind of amazed, I think from, from my perspective and probably Ivan's perspective is, um, and the classic line, men are pigs, is that people kind of proved to us that that it, it was true with some of these comments. You know, we had, we had, uh, and almost at the beginning, we had uh, like three or four or five comments from women just saying, you know, I go to networking events, guys are trying to pick me up. I go to networking events, and guys just don't care if I'm married. I go to networking events, and guys just seem like they're all, and I'm saying this is not true. Like, I don't know where these, this is, these ladies, I don't know what's coming from. And then the first comment from a male, okay, that we got, the, the story that we read, the guy says, love going to networking events, great place to pick up chicks. I was like, oh, my God, how embarrassing is this for us, you know? And so the reality was, I mean, hey, look, I'm not saying networking events on business aren't a good place to possibly meet someone to have a relationship with. And, uh, hey, Ivan did it himself. He met somebody at a, at a B&I meeting uh, with Beth, who's been together now forever. And uh, I've seen several couples come out of it in, in my own uh, future. But obviously it shouldn't be the main purpose we're going there. But it, I think that surprised me. That really surprised me that um, the the – 
perspective that a lot of the men have, and really what I would call those 2%, right, the 98-2 rule, is uh, the exception becomes a perception. Those guys that were out there who were really commenting, it surprised me how much, quote-unquote, this sexual nature was um, in the networking, and it wasn't focused on business. And I don't know what was for Hazel, but... This is actually something that we see a lot in social networking as well. It's kind of a seedy, seamy underbelly that people don't want to talk about. But it happens so much more significantly than I think a lot of men realize that women are propositioned via DMs or via other communications that might make them feel uncomfortable on social networks, as though that's appropriate, as though that's an okay thing to do. Uh Oh, did some people report me? Is that what you're saying, Allison? Some people reported me? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But yeah, he's absolutely right. It does happen. That happens regularly. But you know, we we have we just have to manage it. I personally, I do not take any of this stuff personal anymore. And I think that's the one thing I learned through this book was, you know, I, it, this is not personal. It's the two percent that's making this stuff happen. It's the two percent that we talk about. Frank and I had huge arguments over the definition of a relationship, over the definition of success. You know, it it was just a very interesting book to write and so much to learn from it. But, you know, I I want to put out there that the greatest benefit of the book for me was the fact that Hazel helped me really identify and get in contact with my feminine side. So I feel feel much more feminine and I'm much more comfortable wearing pink and everything else now. I'm going to slap him. (laughs) Good thing you're not in the same room. Um, okay, so what's, what's next for you guys as you're promoting the book, um, book tours, and then what else are you guys working on? Frank, I'll let you go first, and then Hazel, you can kind of... Sure. Um, yeah, right now, Hazel and Ivan and I are around the country, um, both on our own, and as well as Hazel and I are doing some things together. Um, to We have all different events that have been planned for us, and speaking on the book, and um, speaking either on the topic matter directly on the book, or um, some corporations, organizations have asked Hazel and I to come in to talk about everything from sales, negotiation, to um, you know communication and teamwork development. So how does the subject matter relate to all different of the relationships in business? Um, and just, I mean, the success of the book has been great, and the publisher has actually talked to us about possibly doing a few other books uh, under the same type of uh, subject matter, the, the comparison of men and women, uh, you know, gender um, with different uh, type of topic matter on that. And Hazel? Writing, doing more writing. We've got, you know, we're working on a new survey for a second book. That'll come out. A lot of talking, a lot. I'm My biggest goal now is getting in front of more women's organizations really speaking to women about why it's important that they be willing to ask for what they need, negotiate, um, speak about their accomplishments, why those things are important to all of us and how we bridge that gap. This book is not about male and female and competing. This book is about bridging the gap, and that's really where my heart is around this. Awesome. And if people want to catch up with you, if they want to follow what you're writing about, Frank, where should people go to get more information besides the um, businessnetworkingandsex.com? Where else can people find out about you? Uh, probably there's a my frankdorafoli.com is one site that they can go to um, to find me. It's pretty easy. If you just go on Google and put in the name Frank Dorafoli, you'll get a ton of stuff that comes up. Um, so probably go there and they'll find all my websites and blogs and different things that I'm doing. Awesome. And Hazel? Hazelmwalker.com is the best place to find some of my writings and some of the things from my guests. Also, uh, you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm an avid Twitter 
Twitter, and so easy to follow some of my information there, too. Awesome. Guys, this has been so much fun. I can't imagine a better way to spend a Valentine's Day morning. Um, thank you so very, very much. If you've enjoyed today's program and you'd like to learn more about networking, marketing, social media, and other things, be sure to check out our blog at www.rampeg.biz. And I have a special request this week. We're working on our small business social media survey. It's not really about gender. It's really more about business, businesses and how they're using social media. And you can log on and take the survey at, at roundpeg.biz slash survey. Thanks again. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening. <laughs>